Welcome to It's All Fine and Dangy, where we talk about community, health, culture, and all of the big and little things that make life good. Here are your hosts, Dan and Angie. Hey, welcome to episode 58 of the It's All Fine and Dangy podcast. Oh, everyone like that can right see there? your facial expressions now. I don't see? care. Hey, if you're watching the video, enjoy. No, I meant that's you're a bonus. Welcome. <laughs> bonus. We are so happy that you took the time out of your day to sit down and give us a watch or a listen to if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast. But we are recording this today for your viewing pleasure. Yeah, this is a little bit different for us. So you, you, if you're familiar with the show, then you've seen us on Facebook Live, probably. Um, you've seen us do some live streams of interviews lately because, you know, we're all having to do virtual meeting and virtual interviews yes. now. This week's podcast is pre-recorded like every podcast, but we also did a video recording as well. So you'll be able to watch this on YouTube or listen to it on the regular Everybody audio. knows they want to see all my dramatic faces that I make. I know it's I have ridiculous. to remember that I can't like, you know, take my hat off or do yeah. something goofy in the middle of it like and I would my normally. And on laughing at everything, Angie laughs at everything. Just just listen to the podcast. You said hi to me. I'm going to laugh cuz it's hilarious you know what, apparently. Though? I love it. it. Keeps the mood. Keeps the mood light. Yeah. But, you know, we are excited to keep bringing interesting and local guest, may I say, to the show during this downtime that we have. I'm, I'm, I'm calling it downtime. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. But, well, it is downtime for a lot of people. Because downtime is like kind of refreshing, right? Sure. So let's call it downtime, people. Let's view it as that. So we're going to continue to bring guests to you. I want to say every week, but you know, sometimes things fall through. So it might just be us sometimes. Yeah. But hey, Hopefully, we'll bring you some great content. That's right. We also wanted to mention that we were part of CyberCon 2020. If you didn't see that, then I encourage you to go to the Hanging with Web Shows Facebook site. You can also yes. go to CyberCon 2020 site. This is on Facebook for all of them, for clarity. But uh, it was a 53-hour long. 56-hour. 56. Oh, those are three yeah. more hours, and every hour counts here. It was like a live telethon that ran the entire weekend with... Many, 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 many guests and all of the proceeds that were raised from this. And this was different artists, mm -hmm. different uh, Comic-Con cosplayers, fans, just you name it. I mean, the list yeah. is too long to there mention. There were people that read stories. There were authors. There was a burlesque actors. show. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. We were part of it as well. But uh, you can hop over to any of those Facebook sites and see the video clips from that. All of the proceeds from CyberCon 2020 are going towards the Center for Disaster Philanthropies COVID-19 Response Fund. So we were really, really happy to be part of that. And we encourage you to go check yeah. it out if you missed it and, or if you want to see it again. Yeah. And you know what? Being a part of that um, virtual CyberCon actually kind of enticed me a little bit to want to go to an actual Megacon and check it out. I know, me too. I've never been to one, but yeah, I think that'll be because I've neat. always had the false impression, I guess, that they're mainly about comic books, but there's really so much more. <laughs> I think that's sort of maybe the foundation of it, but yeah, there is so yeah. much more. And honestly, for my books under the Daniel Fox books that I've written, I yes. would like to go set up a booth there anyway. I think it would be a, a good yeah, crowd I, that would kind of gel well with my stories. Yeah, I think that would be a great fit, and I think... From everything I'm seeing from CyberCon, it looks like a fun crowd. People are just just there to be creative, express themselves, and have fun. And yep. that seems like my kind of crowd. That's right. Hey. <laughs> um, so we did a really cool interview with an, a local author today, which is coming up. Um, obviously, we're recording this after we had the interview, but we're supposed to go for a bike ride after that. We're going to. So we got to get we out there and get, get some fresh air around the neighborhood. Well, yeah. we can, for sure. So yeah. also, I want to talk a little bit about some of the stuff that I've been doing. We also want to know, what have you been doing? What is the coolest or most fun thing that you've done during this lockdown? You Maybe know, everyone, that you discovered. Right. Everything, everyone's focused on, on, not everyone, but there's a lot of focus on a lot of negative stuff around all this. Mm -hmm. But what's the coolest thing that you've maybe found out about your time with your family or that you've learned or that you've done? The, you know, we'd love to hear from you and kind of, you know, tell us what, what, you've been doing? What's the coolest thing you've learned? What's the coolest thing you've done? You can email us at feedback at fine and dangy or call us at 407-490-3899 to let us know that I found a new app to help me write my books. Yes, you did. So as we're doing these author 
meetings every morning on Saturday at 11 a.m. And if you're interested in those, let me know and I'll send you a direct uh, link to the meeting with the meeting password. But one of the other authors talked about an app that I've been using now called Scrivener. So I've been getting up and doing some some writing and yeah. sort of rearranging my story with that. And your daughter wakes up early with you. She does. And you I'd guys have daddy daughter time, so well, that's kind of nice. It is nice. Yeah, she yeah. actually gets up like around six thirty, mm-hmm. even on the weekends. Makes coffee, has my coffee cup sitting there. It's just the sweetest thing. So she's gonna kill me for saying this. Well, and she's just snoring away in the bedroom. <laughs> Whatever. But anyway, it's been doing that fun. sleeping. Yeah. Um, I learned something about myself that I can grow some vegetables. So we've been talking about building a garden out back, but you got me one of those little um, countertop aeroponics, like hydroponics thing. And we grew some little lettuce in there. And I had a salad last night that was phenomenal because I clipped it right off my my little indoor garden. It was amazing. Yes, I had one bite of it. It was amazing. So we yeah. want to get a bigger version of that. Zoom. We are going to get the big version and we're going to grow that right in our kitchen. And then my uncle, well, um, one of my favorite uncles passed away. Oh. My dad's brother, my uncle Randy. Oh, yes, I knew that, that was like a, a week ago. And um, he uh, he was the funniest uncle. You know, you always have somebody that you remember when you were oh, younger. Of course. Always crack cracking jokes and smiling and making you smile just goofy and funny and a pleasure to be around and he passed but my uncle chris he's been sending like videos out of him they're all hilarious by the way but he found one of me when i was a very you know i was probably a couple months old and my uncle randy was like trying to make me smile of course yes and it was just kind of very nostalgic to see that because i don't have my mom doesn't really have any of those videos or anything i think my uncle chris was always the techie guy who took the video you know did stuff like that i think it's super cool that he's like releasing these one at a time here and there it's almost like yeah it's almost like kind of keeping everyone thinking about your uncle for a while and i'll show you one of my uncle randy that he posted and you'll see what I mean by he was a crack up. Oh, yeah, you're okay. going to crack up. All like right. he's just making voices and he was a, a funny guy and a very, a very um, nice man to be around. Yeah. And I well, mean, we moved from Michigan when I was like 12, you know what I mean? But that yeah. you have the memories of when you were real little, you of know course. what I mean? And if it, you know, you know, there's the mean only uncles or grandfathers and stuff but that was not him <laughs> yeah he was the fun one he well, was the fun one yeah i'm really sorry as you know but uh i think it's great that that his yeah. memory lives on through those little video clips yeah i mean and what really is you know sucks right now is the fact that they can't have a funeral or yeah. anything so yeah. what his family did for him in the community he was a truck driver and they did like a pass by thing you know memorial where all these big truckers because i think i told you he used to work like for a cement company and yep. i always used to go there where my grandma worked there too and i'd climb up those um the piles of the dirt big piles of dirt yeah. and rock and it was very cool when you're a kid you know sure. and um they did like a drive-by memorial and for him and, and honked oh, and that's nice it was a heat i mean lines of vehicles nice. and it was pretty awesome so yeah. but they'll do a, a formal memorial after everything is point. Free and clear. Yeah. Uh, you know, my grandmother passed away a couple months ago, and uh, mm-hmm. we were planning like a memorial that now we don't know, you know, same kind of thing. We yep. just got to let it slide. But, yep. uh, you know, people are getting creative in ways to yeah, memorialize are. people and to mem- remember people. And I've seen things from funerals to birthdays to pregnancies and births and all that kind of stuff and how people are dealing with yeah. the different ways. Because really, your only choices are you can either like, um, find creative ways to proceed or you can totally melt down and, yeah. you know, yeah. lose it. And, um, Carlos, as we talked about, mm-hmm. you know, Meg is, uh, uh, Megan is, is having a baby and he did a whole show about how to deal with this during the, yeah. and I love their, their take on it because he, I'm paraphrasing a lot, but he mentioned things like someone doing a video in the delivery mm. room and how he'd be watching and you know, and it's a it's a really nice way to look at it instead of keeping it positive, yeah. It po- because it it will help us to not stress out. Yeah, you know, times especially like when you've got a pregnant mama. Like we don't want her yeah. to be any more stressed. So that's a great idea of taking so. that spin on it. But I think so. Yeah, but stay tuned, guys. We have a great interview with a local sci-fi author, Mr. Greg Prado. So we will see you at the community callout.
Well, there it is. Hey guys, welcome back to the Community Call Out. And we are on episode 58 and we have a author and author. Did I get that right? Yes. You did. Let me get my grammar correct while I'm speaking to an author. Um, we have an author from our neck of the woods. Oh, I'm from Apopka, so I'm allowed to say that. You're, yes, you're officially from Apopka I'm now. I'm from Apopka, and <laughs> our local author is from Apopka, and it is Greg Prado, and he is a sci-fi writer, and he's going to have a lot in common with Dan here, because you guys are both authors. That's right. Yes. <laughs> so first things first, we just like to let our audience know a little bit about you, Greg. So just a little bit of personal, maybe, hobbies, family, pets, whatever you want to share. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, obviously you said it. I'm Greg Prado. Um, my family and I have lived in Apopka for about five years. Before that, we were in Orlando, so not exactly oh, yeah. still, much of a still, difference Still there. local, sure. Exactly. Um, we've got two cats that we both uh, love insanely, and uh, I've been writing for about 10 years now. Oh, wow. Great. My first book came out January 1st of this year, and now I've got three full novels out and two novellas. Oh, oh you wow. are. Okay. So, you know, as a writer uh, myself, and I write novels as well, fiction, yeah. when I saw all your books, I thought, how is he cranking out so many books so fast? <laughs> so that's impressive. Okay. Tell me what a novella is. Okay. Should so I know no- that? <laughs> well, yeah, no, it, it's, it's, so in my particular case, you've got several different audiences, right? Mm-hmm. You've got some that want to sit down with a long book, like the Lord of the Rings type audience. They want oh. to get immersed or, in a or, world. Or as I just got Angie reading, the Tommy Knockers. Yeah. I forgot it was like, it's like yeah, you know, that thick. It's a thick one. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, no, that some people really want to get in that. Like that's, yeah. that's their, they want the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And other people, honestly, they're, they don't, their their attention is not for that. Like they, if they sit down with a book that's that long, they're going to fall asleep. And so the nice thing about a novella is, um, it's between twenty and forty thousand words. Um, so it's a lot shorter. You can get through it in two or three hours if you yes. really focus on it. And um, you know, they're they're a good opportunity. It's a, it's a very different experience writing a novella because you have to realize how to get your entire plot arc without going over and getting too wordy, which is difficult for me. But um, my most recent one, the readers really love, so that that's going well. And what was your most recent? Um, it's Peacekeeper. So Peacekeeper. it's about a doctor uh, who goes behind enemy lines during World War Three um, mm. to rescue a medically fragile patient. And as soon as he gets to that patient, he realizes that she is being hunted by this robotic assassin type thing. Okay. And oh, so wow. he's got to kind of run away from this kind of remaining hidden because obviously he's unarmed. Sure. And it's the story of them getting out of Berlin. So it's funny how you started that. I'm like, okay, how does the sci-fi tie in here? But you got that with the robotic uh, yeah. thing, chasing someone, hunting someone. I like it. I do too. It yeah. reminds me of Terminator a little bit. Uh-huh. A little it, bit going on. It, it, I definitely had a little bit of inspiration there from Terminator, but sure. I really wanted to go in a bit of a different direction. Yeah. And so the Peacekeepers, it's a bit of a double entendre with the title, um, were an invention in my world that is this like 30 foot high battle tank looking thing. that's like on spider legs. Oh, and nice. When it, when it chases you, it essentially just, Almost like the Terminator doesn't stop, but in this way, it literally just runs through walls after you, and there's no hiding behind cover because it can just, just run smash through you. It. Oh, it sounds terrifying. <laughs> yes, yeah. just, just smash you. I mean, really? Yeah, like we're both flesh and bones compared to a tank kind of coming through town. <laughs> well, Wonderful. I, ha- I have a question about a novella as well. So I have never written a novella. I've written two full size novels. Um, do you start with the intention of writing a novella or do you, as you're thinking up the story, do you think, you know, this one, I think I could condense down enough to be a novella. Uh, you know, every author is different, but me sure. personally, um, I have to, because I am so wordy with a lot of my novels. Yep. Um, my longest novel I've written is 196,000 words, which is around like 800 pages. Yep. Oh. And my shortest novella is right around 25 pages. Yeah. And so, you know, I've got a, think ahead of time how much detail am i going to go into how where am i taking this plot um because it's it's actually really good for me as a writer to be able to practice that because Mm -hmm. it helps me get rid of some superfluous details that otherwise you might not really need right yeah and keep the story really 
hearty and chunky and right where you want your reader. Yeah. And that seems like it'd be really challenging to do something that's like 25 pages, you said? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That seems a lot more challenging than writing a larger um, novel. Oh, it 100% okay. is. Because you oh, got really? to keep it interesting. Like, how do you get capture somebody's attention in just that short amount of time? That's interesting. See, I go back and forth. I have, I think I have both problems. I think sometimes I feel like I'm being too wordy. And sometimes I think something's going to take a lot of writing. And when I'm done and I go reread it, I'm like, um, wow, that was really quick. I probably need to put some more stuff in there <laughs> to, to add more more meat to it, you know? Yeah. Well, I don't know about you, but when I'm writing, um, I end up like all through the day as I'm taking care of my little daughter or putting her down for a nap. I'm like in my head, I'm like, okay, so in this scene, when he's going to fight these two aliens, right? So he's, it's going to be this, he's going to go do this. That's the way it's going to go here. Right. And so I'm like choreographing the whole thing in my head. So when I sit down to write, I'm like, I know exactly where the scene's going to oh, go. Wow. I'm yeah. so ready for this. You've already, you've already had the movie playing in oh, your I love head. It. Do you, do you <laughs> write every, do you write every day? No, um, I actually have tried that, and mm. I found the quality of my writing decreases. Really? Um, huh. I write typically every three or four days. So you got to store up when some. I do, yeah, when I do write, it ends up being like I slam out a whole chapter, or wow. um, you know, it it's. I've gotten to know myself a little bit better. And if I have that like itch to write where like I feel like my skin's going to crawl off if I don't write, that's when I write my best stuff. And oh, so wow. I kind of save oh, I love my it. good juices for that time. I, so I love it. I have to ask this. Um, I've always been fascinated with the process of authors writing. And we do, uh, now that we're in quarantine, and we'll talk a little bit more with you about quarantine and how you're doing with that as well. Mm-hmm. But we do a author's workshop every Saturday with some other authors, or I do. And... I have taught a lot, but I've learned a lot from those as well. And when I first got into writing, and for me, it's been four years, I think, but I I was fascinated by the process. And these aren't necessarily writers that I read, but they're famous writers, a lot of them, like J.K. Rowling or Stephen King or whatever. And some of them, like Neil Gaiman is a good example, he yeah. still handwrites his novels, which to me wow. sounds like a beatdown because I'm I, maybe because <laughs> I'm a digital. Yeah. Um, but wow. he he still draws out sort of if you look at the story map as they call it, it's bubbles and circles and it looks like the rantings of a madman. If you look huh. at the way J.K. Rowling mapped out all of the Harry Potter books, she essentially drew what I refer to as like an Excel spreadsheet on a piece of paper, handwritten Excel spreadsheet. But it's it's brilliant at the same time. I use apps on my iPad to kind of help me with that. But I'm just mm-hmm. curious what your process is about uh, of sort of writing and how you know how you evolve from your first story or your first little thought in your head into like a full blown story. Mm. Well, uh, first, I feel like I need to uh, give a, c- a confession here that I haven't really told anybody publicly. Oh, we got confession um, time. Oh yeah. <laughs> So, you know, we talked about how Neil Gaiman writes yeah. uh, handwritten. Sure. And my handwriting's terrible. God, yeah. awful, terrible. Um, and I am, a, you know, I'm a digital person. I'm all about technology, but I am, I was actually like looking at my keyboard to figure out how I do it. I am a seven finger typer. That's me. Oh my that gosh. That is very much me. <laughs> it's very weird that like I only use these three fingers on my left hand and these four on my right <laughs> yeah. hand. Yeah. And wow. I can still hit probably 80 words a minute when I'm really flying. And, wow. you know, it's pretty slow for an author, but. Uh, so, so I'm curious, did you, what did, have you done? Did, for, for me, I'm like that. I did AutoCAD for years and years and it required that you keep a hand on the mouse the whole time. It's like digital drafting. So if you were yeah. going to be proficient, you had to keep one hand on the mouse. So I learned to type essentially with this hand. And then later I just added in some fingers over on this hand. Mm. So it reminds me of that a little bit. Were you doing something with a computer for years that kind of brought you that yeah. way? Cause yes, I, yes, I don't know I how was. to formally type either. It's nice to meet another author that doesn't know how to <laughs> formally type. No, no. And I mean, if you look at the way I, I have my fingers like right now, like that's just automatically the, the A, the W, the D and the space bar. Yeah. Um, no, I'm a really big gamer. And oh, so, that's I've, I was for many years. So that's probably part of it. You're doing the W A S D keys on your keyboard. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Okay. Oh, wow. No, I'm not about the. I'm not about the S, man. I always push forward. I gotta oh, go. I that's, I'll that's that's a gamer joke right there. Because see, I'm laughing, you, but I have no idea. So what you're w, talking about. W is uh, W is up, D is right, A is left, and S is back. Okay, I so, see. You know, it's true. I don't think we ever really use S unless you're stuck yeah, against if you're something. Going back, you're doing something wrong. That's right. Gaming, so. That's right. Okay, gotcha. so, oh, we got to talk more about the gaming thing for sure. That's oh, interesting. Yeah. No, now. So, so, but my first, um, my first novel, uh, well, my very first novel when I was like 19 was. Uh, I thought it was going to be the best thing ever, um, mm-hmm. but it, it was pretty hot garbage. Um, and <laughs> I finished it, and I had this like lovely little novel that I was like, oh, this is just going to be the best. It's going to be amazing, and every publisher is going to want it. Yeah. And I went back and actually read the first chapter, because that's all I could get through. And, oh my gosh, it was like chock full of tropes and like all these different things. Oh, yeah. oh, no. But I, I, I changed, and I mm-hmm. evolved, and I my second novel was much, much better. Um, but unfortunately, had so many rabbit trails that I I still don't think there was any way I ever could have gotten that novel to market. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I really sat on that for a few years because I was trying to figure out how to end it. I had 99% of a novel done and I couldn't figure out how to get the ending. And the answer was there was no ending. Oh, it. no. Oh, gotcha. So you, yeah. had to, you had to fully abandon that one then? So I abandoned that one too, even though I love that novel. And I, in fact, love it so much that I cannibalized a lot of the storylines from it oh, and there you put go. it into my other novels. Oh, okay. that, so you kept it alive yeah, no, anyway. Nice, yeah. Yeah. You never know. One day it might be worth a fortune. Never know. You know oh, yeah. That original yeah. story. I have one printed copy, so you know, maybe. Yeah. Um, but the when the actual, the three that I released now started, it was about two and a half years ago now, and I was at my wife's aunt's home in Pennsylvania, and I sat down on a really rainy day because I wanted to, it was part of the novel writing month where you can write a short story in 30 days. Right. And I sat down at like 10 a.m., so it was really rainy. I told my wife I'm going to go upstairs for a couple hours and write. And I didn't come out until about 3 a.m. Oh, wow. I had written 24,000 words that day, and then another 20,000 the next day, and it was finished with another 3,000 the day after. So in three days, I wrote my first novel, the one that's actually out now. Wow. Wow. That's quite impressive. It took me that a is year. crazy. I can only <laughs> no, imagine what goes on in your brain, though, as far as you seeing. I mean, in order to put it on paper like that, you have to, to me, be having a pretty vivid imagination or, you know, what's going on in your mind that you it's already mapped out in there, kind of. Well, that's, it, yeah. I, I'm curious yeah. about that. Is it, though? Because for me, and I sound like a crazy person, but for me, I establish my characters pretty well. And sometimes they do things I didn't expect. So sometimes the story, yeah. I have a storyboard that I build and we'll get into how you do that. And that's really what I'm curious about too, is your process. Mm-hmm. But for me, sometimes I'm like, wow, I didn't know that was going to happen. And I just keep yeah. going with it. You do the same? Mm-hmm. No, exactly. I, and I, it's funny because everybody looks at me like I'm crazy because I'm talking about these people like they're real people. Yes. But like my mind has a very uh, logical sense of order where if this happens, then this is going to happen. Yes. So like maybe I okay. intended something to happen a little bit differently, but I'm like, no. Evelyn would never do that. Yes. So I've got to make sure <laughs> that she stays in character there. Totally relatable. That's like great. It. That's a, To me, that's a sign of a good writer, though, because you won't bend the action. You know, we. I think as authors sometimes, and, and even not authors, we're critical of stories. So mm-hmm. when you're watching or reading, if you're like me, I, I never want to really shoo any artist's work, and I never want to prevent an artist. I really want to help promote everyone and every yeah. artist. But internally or in, in our private house, yes. you were watching <laughs> certain shows or something, and I'll be like, this is ridiculous. This is what authors yep. talk about where a character that you've known for many years now mm-hmm. does something that makes no sense None. so they can move the plot this direction. So and I respect. Like, Why would you kill everyone in the city? That makes no right. sense. Right. Like, never not, do like, that. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I respect that you do that because it's it makes a story hard to digest. And you know, you can't move yeah. things right. When you say the tropes that just for. For everyone listening, (laughs) for everyone listening, if you're not, you know, an author really into um, storytelling, it's the typical scenarios like the gun jammed, or you couldn't get a cell phone signal, or or something that it just sets up. Not original, really. Well, just it's it's just normal stuff that could happen and would probably happen if you need a a problem to occur, right? Yeah, it's yeah, it's basically inventing a problem that has been invented so many times and so many stories that it... Really, that's happening? Yeah. That's why, Greg, you said it was chalked full of those, right? Because you're reading the book and you're like, could I please put another one of these in here? (laughs) 
Yeah. It's like it's well, like then, when the teenage so, kid says like so many times, like I went over there and like like is yeah. kind of like sure. that. <laughs> or like I had the classic overpowered um character who was com- had no weaknesses whatsoever. Oh man, that was terrible. Yeah. So um, so so back to your process. Do you map out the story or you just know kind of know it and then you just go for it? Like do you have a visual well, aid? For any of this? So when I first started with the new novels, one that actually has got released, my one rule that I had for myself was I wanted some kind of a very rough beginning, some kind of where I wanted the plot to be around the midpoint of the book and where I wanted it to be at the end. I okay. know the way I want to end the book at the beginning. That's my one rule for starting. Mm. Okay. Um, and so once I know that this is happening, I don't know who's doing that action, but this action will happen at the end. Yeah. Okay. The end of story. Um, which leads me to how I wrote Entrapment. So I am a big, big, big Agatha Christie fan. And um, I actually listened to uh, And Then There Were None, which is an amazing uh, vocal performance and an incredible story. Mm-hmm. Is it her um, that, re- her- that reads it? What? Is she the one that reads it? In the- no, no. It's a, okay. it's a fantastic voice actor. Oh, Lord, I'm trying to remember. It's not Jim Dale, but it's... Um, uh, it's escaping me right now. That's okay. We're taking but, we're taking some notes here, and we'll we'll talk about why we're doing that. But we're going to plug some of the stuff you talk about as well. But but I don't want to lo- I don't want to interrupt your train of thought yeah. too much. So that so you, yeah. So I I knew as soon as I finished that book, I'm like I want to write like a love letter to this book. Oh. Um, and I I loved it so much. I'm like I'm going to write a murder mystery like in space, but I don't know exactly how I'm going to do that. And so, um, I. I knew I had to map something out with this book because it started out with 14 main characters. Oh my gosh. Wow, that's a lot. It's like Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, I mean, by the end there's four. So okay. uh, it, it gets narrowed down pretty quick. That is, that's, um, that's very Game of Thrones-ish. Way ahead of, yeah, the, way ahead of really Games is. of Thrones. No, it's funny because um, my readers, actually one of my readers got so mad at me because she emailed me in the middle of one of my books and goes, I love so much um, the relationship between so-and-so and so-and-so. And And I'm like, oh, you do. Mm -hmm. Uh Well, I want to get ready for it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, you love that, huh? Well, uh, I'm glad. I'm so glad you love that. And I'm so glad it's not going anywhere. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, I can't give it uh, away. (laughs) That's a good sign of a story, though, because the most traumatic deaths in a story, that's what you're supposed to be doing is evoking emotion from people, right? That's right. Oh yeah, it, that there's one. It's uh, my third book, Andromeda Paradox, has two parts in it that uh, it was really hard for me to write. That was like I, I I knew it was coming, and like I got to that moment, and I'm like, oh yeah. I was gonna say, as invested as you are in the characters, when you decide that that character's not gonna make it or something traumatic's gonna happen, it probably does affect you in yeah. in some way. You know, just oh, like yeah. us well, as readers, and, it does the same. Yeah. Well, and the funny part is I really have been all about my artistic integrity. I'm like, oh, I don't want to compromise for emotional purposes, like what the audience expects. I want the story to be the story. Sure. And one of the characters in that third book, I wrote in with the intention of killing. Like I I wrote her in and I knew that by part five out of eight in the book, she would be dead. Right. Okay. Um, And I got to that part. And oh my gosh, if I, I couldn't do it, yeah. I, I ended up, I changed something a little bit. So there mm-hmm. is still something negative that happens, right? but I, that's the only death I've ever had in a series where I was like, no, can't do it. She's too strong yeah. of and, a character or something. You just had to keep her around. Right? But see, that sounds yeah. like, that sounds no. like an organic storytelling yes. to me. It reminds me of Aaron Paul's character on Breaking Bad, who Jesse, who was scheduled to die at the end of season one and he made it through all what eight yeah. seasons of the show or whatever it was. Because the character evolves. You don't know they're going to, but just yeah. in the writing, I think the character evolves. For yeah. you, it's much more personal, though. It's like losing one of your best actors, I guess. Or, or Oh, yeah. yeah. You know? that's, that's the thing. Like the, This person was integrally connected with um, a character that has quickly become the audience favorite. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, and the funny part is that character is supposed to die in the next book. But I was like... No, I can't do that either because that one, like every single person that has read this book, is, I'm like, so what do you think of this? And they're like, oh my gosh, so-and-so is my favorite. He is so oh. incredible and blah, blah, blah. So like, so it almost influences your yeah. decisions a little bit. Yeah, because honestly, like I'm not even exaggerating when I've probably talked to about 40, 50 people about this third book. Every single one has said the exact same character for their favorite. <gasps> 
Oh, oh. wow. Well, you yeah, put you got, that one made an impression. So then. you can go one of yeah. two ways. You can yeah. keep them or you can kill them unexpectedly and blow everybody's mind. That's the oh, that's yeah. your options there, I guess. So, yeah, that, that I'm, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, um, um, but I, I did do the Excel spreadsheet thing for entrapment. Oh, did so you? That was, did it I help kept you? I track of all of them and I had it based on uh, just where I wanted them at the beginning, where I wanted them in part two, six, five, six, four, six. Um, I broke it into sixths for entrapment yep. and, um, yeah, that helped me out and that helped me keep track of who was who. And it also helped me figure out the main twist of that book, which I am hugely proud out of, um, you know, 10,000 something downloads now oh, great. on that first book. Um, so far, and I've had people say they didn't like the story. I have had those one star reviews. Of course. Mm-hmm. Those hurt. Of course. Those you can't, you can't avoid those. Yeah. Yeah. You can't let them yeah, hurt you though. But, you can't. <laughs> But out of that, I've said, I've said in the description, I said everywhere, but if you figure it out before the end, please let me know. Not a single person has figured it out before the end. Oh, wow. That's great. That is yeah. really, that I am, really that is great. Totally, yeah. So let's go back to, I love, so you're a sci-fi writer, but it sounds like you're taking other genres kind of and playing with them a little bit too. So I love how you are, you said, okay, murder mystery. I got to write a story about this, but then I'm going to put it in space because okay. you're, Sci-fi, it seems like it's probably your passion, right? Yeah. So oh, yeah. I love how you're you're doing that. Maybe you'll take a certain genre and then be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do this with it. One of your one of your books is about um uh oh god, what is it? The a colony, an intergalactic colony, right? Mm-hmm. Is that That's how I say it? Yeah. yeah. So you've, you know, probably taken I don't know what the storyline is on that. Tell us um, mm-hmm. a little bit about that one. That's the Andromeda Paradox. Is that right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Tell us a little yeah. bit about that one because that title just sounds really cool to me. Like, Yeah. That <laughs> one's been um, the one that's it's really – the nice thing about my books so far, and I'm planning to keep it this way for as much as possible, is that they are all um, independent. Even though they are in this, they're all in the same universe, okay. and there are definite connections to other books. You can pick up any of the books, read it, and not be spoiled for any of the other books. And you can read it, and then read three, then read one without knowing what's going to happen in one. Oh wow! Okay. okay, so they're a series, but not that they have to be read in a, a certain order. Right. Correct? They're just connected and, that, in that universe, like in book, the same book area. Five is going to change that a bit, um, but. Uh, that's going to be the first one. And I'll be sure to put like, I'll like, you need this and this to understand this. I got you. Uh, but even yeah. that one, I'm going to try to give enough backgrounds so that if you pick it up, you're still going to be fine. But the Andromeda Paradox is definitely the hardest book I've ever written. That one was, yeah. it was so long. It took about a year and three months. Oh, wow. Um, and it, it's 196,000 words, which is hefty that's still that's crazy impressive to me even for that amount of time because it took me a year to write my first book which was about eighty-five thousand words so bigger does not always mean better believe me i went to a conference with uh several really big authors like eight nine figure authors and say they said you know this book is it's too big you know that right i'm like i I know i realized this (laughs) after i wrote it it's intimidating Um, (laughs) No, well, that's the thing. It's it's not profitable, and like I I make a lot of paperback sales on it, and you know I'm making honestly a dollar fifty on a paperback because of on the, that. Yeah, the cost of printing, sure. Yeah, because yeah. you have to keep it still at competitive price. Yeah. But it, as far as books go, it is my favorite without a doubt because um, mm-hmm. it is so character driven. Even though it's this space out there setting, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, essentially, the long and short is that a ship. Uh, crash lands on this alien planet they were they were scheduled to go to but not in that way and you know it's just, it's this inhabited uninhabited place it's a, similar to the Jurassic period on earth um, so there is no intelligent life but plenty of life. animal yeah. life mm-hmm. dangerous um, stuff but within the first um, three days of landing there um, they get attacked by this like tribal civilization oh cool and I like that which not supposed to be an inhabited planet so that's uh, a big what um but it's got a lot of the relationships in that story are really unique and the characters are really well fleshed out and i love all of them so much that it's it's a great story i love it wow i'm gonna, have to, awesome. check. I'm gonna have to 
Well, I, I'm totally interested in that. I don't one now. know. It looks it's probably a little thick for me. I'm not going to lie. I because I do look at yeah. like the thickness of a book. I'm more of like a yeah. um, uh, dystopia type reader, like the easy mm-hmm. teen reads. That's what I call yeah. them. That's the books I like. You know what? Keeper's free right now. That it's a short <laughs> book. That's oh, is my it? most. It's such a satisfying story. Um, that's my that's my second novella. But again, they're non sequential, so it doesn't matter. Um, and it's, it's, uh, you know, I've, I've come a long way in my crack and I was really worried after writing entrapment that I was never going to write anything better than that. Mm -hmm. But really it's just, I've been getting better at it, which is good, I guess. That is good. And, um, it, it was really satisfying because the ending book ends perfectly with the beginning. And that's like, uh, so far only one reader's noticed it, but it's like, if you if you're watching closely to what's happening, you're like, oh my gosh, this is funny. If this happened, then this happened. Oh gosh, like, yeah. So yeah. I, I love stories that uh, end in sort of a nice and neat uh, way where all the loose ends are tied up, and it feel there's nothing more frustrating to me than feeling like by book three that the author didn't necessarily know which way things were going to mm-hmm. go and they made it up and it feels kind of disappointing. So I like that when you say the end was perfect for the beginning, it sounds like you mapped all that out ahead of time. So, Oh yeah. That's, and and that's just how my mind works. I can't help it because like in my mind already, like, yes, I've only got three books out and two novellas and I'm writing two more simultaneously. He says only. I know. I feel like a slacker. (laughs) No, (laughs) I feel like I'm writing to an audience of one right now. But you said you just brought, um, you said they just started coming out this year, right? In January. So you must have held on to them for a while. Yeah, so my biggest piece of advice that I really enjoyed, actually, and was 100% right, is uh, one of the my author friends, my mother-in-law, actually, who's an author, mm-hmm. um, said that if she, all the authors she's talked to, their one consistent piece of advice, if they could do it all over, is to have several books done before you release the first one. Yeah, really? And I was like, Okay. Now, is that for for finding a publisher? So you have a body of work or just so you can please your readers? I am independently published. Okay. Um, You know, there there are plenty of uh, traditional published authors and hybrid published where they do some self, some uh, indie, sorry, and some traditional. Yep, Mm -hmm. I'm an independent as well. Yeah, yeah, I went independent because um, the amount of marketing you still need to do with traditional publishing now is it's a bit different, and I figured if I'm going to be doing all that marketing myself, what big what difference is it if I do uh, the editing, yeah. the cover, the distribution all myself? I realize now there is a big difference. But, <laughs> um, you know, it, I'm with you. It's and a it's, lot of work. It's a yeah. lot of scratch too for for to get oh, editors done and stuff. Yes, yeah. but yeah. I would think That's, the reason for having a few out is that if somebody re if people start there's a buzz around it. If there gets to be a buzz around it, they have another book to go to by you, is and they're not you, waiting. Well, I'm curious. That is a hundred percent the reason I release them all so quick. Okay. Um, because if you have that backlog of books. You're literally, you know, there's there's definitive formulas for all this. Sure. But like you you can make almost double the money having three books out than you would having one book out at a time. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, plus, people are going to remember you a lot more, and if uh, you you could come off like a one hit wonder if you have a book and then it's two years before they hear, they won't even remember who you are. Yeah. And, you right. know, as an independent author, that's brilliant. So I, I wanted to ask too, when you talk about your writing process, you said you used Excel. I recently, in one of our author uh, our author uh, video calls we do on Saturday, you know, I am an IT guy, my day job, as I said, and I have like mind mapping apps that I've used on my iPad where you can draw like a bubble and it, and by the end of my first two books, it almost looks like a digital version of like the old cork board that the detectives have with like <laughs> clippings and yarn and all. Yeah. Um, and it really helped me. But one of the other authors told me about an app called Scrivener and it's, it works on all platforms, mm-hmm. but have you heard of it? Yes. So I, to me, I love that you can do like a character, a little character card and map out your character traits. You can do the mm-hmm. uh, the abbreviated form of a chapter, but then you can go into it and write it, but you can see it all in one place and kind of reorganize. And I wonder, are there any applications you use for that? Or do you just rearrange in your head? Or do you s- sort oh, of set yeah. it and go with the sequential order of things? Yeah, I've got... Um you know, it's funny. When I was taking uh, Chem 2 in college, um, my professor, this uh, charming British guy, it's so funny. Everybody <laughs> was posting on Rape and Professor how much they hated his class because he was 
ridiculous expectations, but I loved him. And it's so funny. He came up to me uh, after the first test, like when I'm writing and he's like, probably it's like, if you don't show work in my class, you're going to fail. You realize that, right? I'm not going to call your answers wrong, but you're going to fail. I'm like, okay, all right, fine. I, 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 you know, I'll, I'll show work, but I'm not going to, you know, do the unnecessary stuff. Sure. And it's funny when we got to the, the final exam, um, it was a five question final, which is rough because if you miss mm-hmm. like one question, you're at a B. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Two questions, you're at a yep. Yeah. D. Oh. So <laughs> he came over and like looked at my test. And, like looked at me. He's like, I want you to know you're a bad influence on my students, but I'm glad you're here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. He's like, um, he's write more on that paper, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I, I'm similar to that. Like, you know, there are all these amazing apps that I've really tried to use. Yeah. And like, honestly, I've, I've always wanted to be scheduled. And like, I've always wanted to use like planners and stuff. And I've tried a million times. Yeah. Um, but I've, I've been working with, um, you know, I've had a lot of problems with ADHD all my life. Sure. And so like, I can't read long books, which is funny because <laughs> yeah. I you write, write them. Well, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, I, I have all these things and I need to, I, I there is one that I really want to use that like helps out with your grammar and, uh, repeating of, uh, word phrases. It's pro writing aid. That one I really oh. want to get started on. I've yeah. heard very, very good things about it. Um, but as far as how do I keep storyline straight at the moment, it's mostly in my head. I've got, wow. um, I've got up to book eight oh, wow. planned out. Wow, man! A f- eight full novels, not not eight including the novellas. Yeah, and like I already know how the stories are going to kind of come together, and I know who the there is going to be a big bad type thing, yeah. and I know how they're going to resolve that, and. That's pretty impressive. Uh, and you, so you are really going to try to connect all the books, even though you can read them independently of each other. You're going to bring it yes. kind of together for those who have um, read all of them. Exactly. Exactly. I compare cool. a lot to like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, how like you've got all these different independent stories. Like uh, if you watch Guardians of the Galaxy, that's a whole story in and of itself. Yes. Yeah, but true. if you decide to stick with the story you see all these tie-ins and how it all kind of comes together and you're like oh that's where this came from and that's where this came from and that happens all the time in my books like uh that's one thing my fans actually really like about it they said that, that you know if you read peacekeeper like i recommended that to you like that's yeah. a great short story i i love it it's really tight and together and you can read it and you'd enjoy it and you would miss absolutely nothing not having read any of the other books okay, but that's one good. of my super fans um they're as i like to call them like that's just what they're called because they read all your books like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> You've got a couple says, of those. <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, it's, it's, they're amazing and they're, uh, extremely dedicated readers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she goes, Oh my gosh, I love how at the end you tied in blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you wouldn't even know that you tied in that unless you read blah, blah, blah. And that's good. It's the treats for that. I love that. I love when authors do that. Or even people that make movie stories and stuff, the scripts that mm-hmm. give you a nugget. Mm-hmm. If you're like a, like the, like you said, the superhero movies, if you knew the comic, they'll do little nods to like, mm-hmm. If you know the comic, then you know what this is about. But you don't really need to know it for the story. So that's cool yeah. that you do that. It's very cool that you do yeah, that. Yeah, that is great. Hey, so I have a question because I live with an author. So I thought <laughs> since we have all this, you know, at home time, that we'll be you guys would be getting a lot of writing done. How's that going on your end? I might have read a little something on your blog. <laughs> yeah, um, it's actually, you know, I intended, I was like, I'm in the middle of a novel right now called uh, Madness of the Void that I'm so enjoying writing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I wrote a, a, about a chapter last night, and that was awesome. And that chapter was the first thing I've written the entire quarantine. Yeah. Um, That's relatable. And, yeah. Yeah. And I was shocked because going into this, I'm like, I'm going to get so much done. I'm going to get so much done. Yeah. And I see these people like painting like three paintings and like and- I'm here just running after my 15 month old and trying to figure out how to get a classroom set up for my students and so, keeping track of those students. At least you have some legitimate excuses. I, for me, I mean, I have a lot going on. I'm working 50, 60 hours a week in my day job, but 
truthfully, I could still do it. I can't make excuses. I don't have legitimate excuses like you do. For me, I have always had trouble writing at home. And we have this nice studio space. But, you know, I would grab my iPad or my Mac and go to the Starbucks and write for three hours straight. But being at home makes you feel like you should be doing other stuff, at least for me. And so I... I don't know why I just can't get it flowing. So it's like the worst to be stuck at home for me. Uh, Yeah, I, I agree. It's, I get less writing done at home. I've trained myself over the years now to be able to write at home, but you're a hundred percent right. It's, I usually write truth be told over my lunch breaks. Like I'll snack throughout the day and then during my lunch break, I'll go take my computer and write. Yeah, Um, that's great. But I, you know, that's a structured 30 minutes that Mm -hmm. I know I'm going to have every day and so it's like oh gonna write gonna write gonna write yeah, yeah. And it comes really easily during that point it's like a pavlovian response like you know you're used to doing this at this time so it just happens yeah and a lot of those places where i would go to write or times i would use to write are just gone now and so yeah. um that's been that's been tough and it's been hard to find motivation i think because i'm feeling like i should be doing more mm-hmm. and it, it's it's rough yeah that's relatable yeah, I think that is one of the things I noticed here is because you can't get out and like do your normal activity of what you would do to go writing, then it's not going to happen. Or you tell yourself, oh, I'm going to do it at this time, but then something else comes up and you want to spend oh, yeah. time with the family or yeah. you got to, you know, do laundry. Who knows? You know, because mm-hmm. it's there <laughs> in your face. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, and there's this adorable little girl that uh, she, well, one needs a lot of attention but two you uh-huh. want to I'm, I'm at home and i feel guilty not giving her that attention oh, because i'm like you know i'm here how can i not see her how can i see her come in the room and be like hi i don't know <laughs> hi daddy i don't know how you do it mine are 16 and 18 if mine were still little i'd never be able to get anything done just yeah. because of that reason right there where i feel like i have free time i should be spending it with them so yeah I, I can relate to that one too yep. so yeah. i wanted to ask also about um the artwork for your books is that a concept that you have in your head already or do you have an artist that you work with or several artists that oh did she come to say hi (laughs) she's trying to say hi (laughs) she Uh, can say uh, hi (laughs) sorry the artwork um are you talking about the cover art or like the the concept art the cover art the cover art i'm always very Mm. interested in where that comes from because that's the first thing people see when they look at your book so i feel like it's a very I think that's a, more of a process than writing the book sometimes yeah. is choosing the artwork. Yes. It's, I actually, it's, it's funny. I just talked to an author uh, yesterday who's trying to really get published. And she told me, it's like, I've got really this idea of exactly what I want for the cover and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, take that idea that you have and just crumple it and throw it in the garbage can. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> okay. Because you can have these ideas <laughs> all you want, but with the modern way of advertising, um, you know, the fact is, if you've got a book in a bookstore, um, you know, a lot of covers I've seen can be really grabbing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the difference is in a bookstore, they're this big. Yeah. And you see it and it looks beautiful. And that's amazing. And then online, it's this big. Exactly. Yes. So you have to have something that's going to be able to grab the audience's attention and they know what it is. Sure. And they know what genre it is from a picture that big. Yeah, that's a good point. That's um, a very good point. And that's something that was a big learning curve for me. Um, for Entrapment, I've had six covers. Yeah. Six. Oh, okay. Um, so Dan's yeah. had a couple covers too. Yeah. And I was always like, why? Why would you do that? But I get it. You know, yeah, why you, he wanted to change it. It's a funny mm-hmm. thing for an author. I mean, I love your covers too. Mm-hmm. And I love how the like the series that you have, they all are very different, but you can tell they go together, which sounds like the stories too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But for me, I never felt like the covers are telling the proper story of my book. And I don't know that I still feel, I feel like they're very close or much closer than they used to be. But I, you know, it's a fine line between telling the story, telling you what kind of genre it is, but not telling you too much because I don't want like the twist of the end of my book in the cover either. So I'm with you. It's a, it's a fine Mm -hmm. line. And I agree with you. You Oh yeah. And I'm, I'm lucky enough to have, um, you know, the graphic artists that I collaborate with, um, she does all of my covers and she's extremely patient, luckily, because I'm a very <laughs> finicky person with my covers. Um, after that first one, I had no, no ideas for the covers before I, I was like, okay, what's going to work well 
thumbnail size for book two. Yeah. And so book two is really where I started from that and worked out. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so all of my books from that point on, if you'll notice, like we're looking at their thumbnails, um, look great in thumb size. You know, and I, they, I'm, I never thought of that. I love that you mentioned that even for my own stuff, because when you said this big, and for those of you listening to the audio podcast, Greg is showing like, you know, the typical, and with his hands, he's saying, you know, you see it in a bookstore and it's like two feet by three feet or a full size hardback book. And then when you mm -hmm. see it online, you know, it's a tiny little thumbnail. So that's what he was referring to. Mm -hmm. But I never thought, Greg, about how my books might look if the cover's too busy. If you shrink it down, you can't, it looks like garbage or whatever. And I see what you mean. You have very yeah. crisp lines in your book, mm -hmm. very, very different spots between light and dark. And you can still tell what it is when it's small like that. Mm -hmm. So that's great. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all, all, for any authors listening that are trying to get started, like all you got to do is look on Amazon on the top 100 and then take your laptop and push it two feet from you. Yeah. Um, anything on the top 100, you can still tell exactly what genre it is. Yes. You can tell exactly what the picture is supposed to be and you can still read the title, even yes. though it's only that big. And that, um, that ties into this sort of discussion I had with Angie at the time is that, you know, I had a good friend of mine, an artist, I paid him to do the first cover or the second cover of one of my books. And it is an amazing piece of art. I have it hanging in my bedroom, but it was very busy for a book cover. Very detailed, and it was, yeah. Now that you say that, it reminds me because I thought, you know, I'm a big Stephen King fan. I mentioned him once already, but his books aren't very yeah. detailed. There's hardly anything on the cover at all. So it just you know, that's colorful. Yeah. Colorful yeah. colors is a big There's thing. Striking bits. Yeah. And maybe a little hint, kind of like I'm looking right now at your latest book and it's like a face with the eyes. Is that your latest book? How do, how do you say that? Ver, 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 virulence. 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 That's actually the, that's actually my oldest book. Strangely oh, enough. oh, wow. Okay. Peacekeeper is the newest, right? Okay. Yeah, Peacekeepers and virulence. Okay. Actually, I need to redo the cover of because it doesn't fit with the rest of my story I, but, I, but i like how you can right see now. it small i didn't know that i thought i read on your website that was the latest but i maybe i'm mixing that one up there it could it could be honestly my website is i need to keep up with a little bit better a little it's, i feel like when you're an indie <laughs> author like there's like seventeen thousand things you oh, need to keep up it's with it's so relatable one of them. <laughs> I, I can't tell you yeah. how many times i've found like a dead link on my site and i'm like oh my goodness how many people have gone here and i like, clicked that and, you know <laughs> So I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, no, I I feel you there. No, but either way, yeah, I really started thinking about that with virulence. That that was actually at the time I wrote that novella specifically for um, what's called the reader magnet, right. where you've got like the this freebie that you can send out to potential readers and be like, hey, check this out. I actually know how to write. Yeah. Want to come buy a book? And <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, so I have a question, you know, and this is a weird question for an author. But what does virulence mean? Virulence actually is the <laughs> we're experiencing right now how a virus spreads. Okay, oh. Vir I get the base word now from it. Virulence, very nice. Yeah, so it's how a virus spreads, and that one is um, that's got several fun vir uh, virus terms. It's got virulence, it's got virion, which is the virion is the vehicle the virus uses. So in your case, when you're infected with a virus, you are the the vehicle for the virus. Sure. So wherever you go, you're infecting people. And that's the whole goal. Like that's yeah. what yep. the virus wants to do. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and in, in my book, um, it's a, a bit of a twist on that where uh, it's, it's uh, how to say this about giving everything away. It's yeah. a hard thing to do problem. sometimes. <laughs> it, I will say this. It's an engineered, it's an engineered bug. Yeah. And it horribly mutates. It's uh Victims? People who get infected. Oh, wow. Okay. So, People should maybe not read this right now. Well, I was, yeah, might I get was, too scared. I was going to say the opposite. I feel like it's a good time to market and plug that one. Maybe, because, actually. You know, like the most popular show or movie on Netflix right now is like Outbreak and Pandemic. Yeah. and people yeah. would just hey, like to I'm guilty of that. Like I went through two days of like, I'm going to watch every corny um, end of the world movie that I possibly can. In the next yeah. couple days, yeah. I think I just need to do this. I don't well, know. Well, it's a shame <laughs> because, like that one, uh, you know, not to spoil anything, anything too much, but it's got an ending that uh, is very polarizing. Okay. I would say that. Oh, okay. Okay. And, but and so it's led to it being a little bit less popular than Peacekeeper, but it's got one of my favorite settings I've ever written, where uh, it takes place on a fuel colony that is hanging by dirigibles in the atmosphere of, Mar oh, sorry, of Venus. And so 
Uh, cool. You know, it's the whole thing is covered in ceramic because on Venus you have the sulfuric acid rain. And so, so you either any- knew a lot about this stuff or you did a lot of research to be able to describe it accurately for those people who actually know about that kind of stuff. Science. Yeah, and the answer is yes. The answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> I already <laughs> All the above. knew. Yeah, no, exactly. I already knew a good bit about it. I've kind of always been obsessed with space. And so uh, nine-tenths of my settings are just, like, cool places I know about in space. So I'm like, hey, this is pretty sweet. Oh, cool. Let's put this in. And so if you look up a lot of my settings, you'll be like, oh, that actually is what it says. Like, in in Madness of the Void, the one I'm actually writing right now, um, it takes place in Cygni 404, which is a star system that is a black hole. Oh. But... It is oscillating. It goes back and forth, like, mm. very quickly, like, ten times a day. The stream goes back and forth. And oh, so it's really unstable. And so I thought, that sounds like a really cool place for, like, a Alice in Wonderland-style book that, like... Oh, yeah, no kidding. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That, that does sound very interesting, actually. Yeah, I, you know, I feel like we we're coming up to the end of the hour now, and as we're heading yeah. to wrap up, I feel like we could definitely have at least one or two more interviews with you at some point. So if you're if you're game, I'd love to talk more. I have so many other questions in my head I want to ask you, and I think I'm going to read Peacekeeper as a start to kind of introduce myself to your work. Um, but that sounds great. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I talk a lot, so that's that's fine with me. I would. Well, I would we could to. talk for two or three hours, yeah. but people won't listen for two or three. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah I, I figured that out. We too. found about an hour. We could keep <laughs> their attention a, for about an hour, and then of, they're like, "Okay." Kind of our sweet spot, but <laughs> so so we will definitely be back in touch with you. But as part of the author community, you know, I have found that the 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 local community, especially of authors, mm-hmm. are very supportive of each other. There's no competition. Everyone's trying to promote everyone else, uh, and I'm sure you've experienced the same at at book events. Um, so I, I guess I'm asking. As it relates to the author community, do you have events that you're involved in or other authors that you work with? Or I just wonder if you're involved in the author community in any way. And if so, if you could tell us a little bit about that. Um, well, I, w- I would love I would love to get more involved with that. Uh, that's That's been something that, um, you know, most of my involvement with the author community has been with people that have been like, hey, I've got this book that I really, really want to put out there, but I don't know how to get it out there. Yeah, that, well, that's so a huge it's more thing. Been with like, yeah. yeah, more of them with like aspiring authors. Sure. Um, I do have an event that I'm going to be working with um, an improv group on that is my, um, it's a murder mystery that I'm doing. Um, yeah. It's kind of structured around uh, the world of entrapment. And so as you go through the night, the end of that murder mystery dinner leads straight into um, the events of entrapment. So, oh, cool! Oh, uh, and what a cool way to lead into your book. And who's that with? And the improv, just an improv group that you know. Oh, well, it's, I, it's, I'm working with a couple, and so I don't want to like. Okay. Oh, give it away. <laughs> so, uh, okay. it's but they uh, essentially that's going to be uh, at the um, Hunt Club Library, uh, just a, oh, yeah. a bit down the road from me. Sure, and that's, that's our library. Uh, yep. July 29th. Oh, oh, nice. Cool. So I will put that in the link in the show notes. If you're listening on the podcast, you can just scroll down and click to the link below to find out more about that. That's cool. Yeah, and I'm actually, that's going to be the the first one. And I'm actually doing that one that I, I'm not allowed to bring food to. But the second one I'm doing in Winter Park on October 3rd or 4th. I, I'm trying to get the exact date there. I'll get okay. it before. That's good. Yeah, we'll, you we'll can send it, it to us. We'll, yeah. we'll also get it in the, in the uh, show notes. But that one actually is going to be a full dinner. So oh, be... cool. So it's like a murder mystery dinner? Yeah. Oh, my oh, God. Nice. That We got to go to that. That is cool. You're going to have tickets for sale for that? Yes. Yes. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That's going to be through uh, Winter Park Library's website. Uh, no. Yeah. Winter Park. Oh, for, and, for the uh, library. Oh, very cool. Very cool. And I should have my... It's funny that all this stuff is starting at once, like as this crazy coronavirus stuff happened. Um, But I've got a voice actor that I'm working with to do the audiobooks. Mm. And um, he's actually probably going to be able to come to these. And so it's really cool because uh, the he's like really gotten into the voices. And, you know, he's been an actor for many, many years Uh and he's incredibly talented and he's a stage actor. So he'll be doing really well in this, which is, you know, a, a the murder mystery show, yeah, form. yeah. 
Oh, that is really cool. Oh, I definitely want to go, especially to the dinner one. That would be yeah. really cool. Yeah. If there's food involved, we're there. <laughs> hey, Absolutely. not going to lie to you. So <laughs> tell us where everybody can find your books, Greg. Where's the best place to um, make a purchase or to check out more information about you? Uh, the easiest way would probably be to go to my website, uh, www.gregprado.com. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also look up my stuff on Amazon. Uh, that's where my, my books are being sold. And yeah, my, my website's probably the easiest. It's got all the links there and Perfect. a little bit more about me too. So, Well, yeah. very nice. Well, very- Well, thank you for taking the time to sit with us today. I know it's a weird time in everyone's life right now, but I'm excited to hear that there is another Apopka author um, (laughs) that is is (laughs) sort of, I mean, I know you said you're from Orlando. Are you initially from Orlando? I have lived in Orlando for 26, 27 years, so... I've been here for most of my life. Sure. And we always say somewhere along in that mark, as I say with Angie, that just kind of makes you a native anyway. Yeah. I'm I'm a native flirty and I already call myself that. So I've been here since I've been 12. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I was actually born in the Apopka hospital. So I've been here for (laughs) quite some time. Oh, wow. So you are. are He is. Through through and through. But uh, anyway, thank you for taking the time to sit with us. This has been very informative. I'm excited to read one of your books to get me into your uh, world there with the Peacekeeper. And we look forward to speaking with you again sometime. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm psyched to do it. All right, Greg. Well, you have a great rest of your Sunday. And until we see you next time, have a great one and stay safe. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank, thank you, you, Greg. Take care. Bye. Let me tell you all about Tornatori's Cafe and Pizzeria. They're located right here in Orlando, and they are hands down Angie and I's very favorite Italian restaurant. And now during the coronavirus, they're doing curbside takeaway, and it's just as good as the food in the restaurant. We've done it multiple times since this whole thing started. They've also got these take-home pizza kits where you select your toppings, you bring it home, you make the pizza at home, and it turns out delicious, and of course the kids love that too. They also do so much for the community, so it's nice to give back to them and treat yourself to an amazing meal. That's Tornatori's Cafe and Pizzeria in Orlando. Give them a call at 407-292-2248 and treat yourself to an amazing meal while helping a local business survive this pandemic. Hey guys, welcome back, and we hope you enjoyed that interview with Greg. We certainly did, and truth be told, we stayed on with him for a little while after we officially ended the interview. Uh, More than a little while. (laughs) It was going to be like two minutes, and I think it was another 30 or 40 minutes, but we will definitely have Greg back on. Very interesting and uh, um, just very talented artist from what I can tell from the way he talks about his stories and I'm excited to uh to read that novella just to kind of get my feet wet into yeah. to his writing. Yeah, the peacekeeper. I'm going to order that That's one cuz he want. said that one would be at my alley. It's not too thick. That's the one I want. <laughs> but you can find out more for, about Greg at gregprado.com. We'll put a link in the show notes for that too if you're listening to this on your podcast player. You can find his books at Amazon, Barnes and Noble. And you can find out more information about his stories at his main website that I just gave you the link to. So that was really fun. Also, you'll notice I didn't say welcome back to the information station if you're a longtime fan of the show because we're thinking about wiggling around with the format a little bit, partially because of the virus and partially because we're kind of thinking as the interviews are starting to run a little bit longer now because we're looking and talking to the people the Mm -hmm. way that we were initially doing those um, sort of on-site visits. Um, there's value maybe in just having the more interaction with other people right now than there is just hearing us talk and, and yeah. kind of follow up, uh, you know, so we're, we're tinkering with the format, but for yeah. now we're thinking about just keeping a little more casual on the wrap up after the interview, which is maybe what we'll call this. Yeah. And you know, guys, if you like, uh, like us or enjoy listening to us or watching us, please give us a rating and a review and make sure to subscribe. Sub- sub- whatever make sure to subscribe subscribe (laughs) see this is the beauty of the video because i can't edit this as easily that will be an outtake you don't have to edit it whatever (laughs) i I make those mistakes all the time i think you said sub four times (laughs) well whatever make sure you sub 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 subscribe subscribe and if you like what you hear share with others as well okay and look at you get to see all these phases that i'm like it's amazing (laughs) oh my goodness This is what Dan deals with every day. Oh my goodness. Well, I gave you the number before, but 407-490-3899. If you want to be a guest on the show, if you know someone else that uh, might be a good guest for the show, 
or if you just want to give some input about the show, about what you're doing, as I mentioned before, Mm -hmm. what are you doing during the crisis or the uh, virus here? Um, maybe the coolest thing that you've done or the most fun you've had with your family or some cool creative ideas. Yeah. Um, you can email us at feedback and fine and dangy. All of our social media is fine and dangy. And whew, that's pretty much yeah. it. Oh, like us on Facebook. Yes. Because we did get over 500 likes. Oh, and now did. I'm very excited for that. We I don't were, know yeah, why. So 600 cool. is the new goal. Yeah. There we go. Um, but interact with us on there too. We'd love to see what you guys are doing. So, um, Put a little post, put a little wave to us, put a little video to us, something. Anyway. You mean to have them send that to us? Oh, yeah, because they can't post it on no, our website. No, they can't post Never it Never mind. Interact when we put something on there. There we yeah, go. Make a comment. Us. Email yeah. it to us. And who knows? We've changed our format a little bit now that we're doing video. So we can now show uh, videos that we get from Give listeners. us permission. Yeah. So who knows? We may put a little collage together at some point. Yeah, that would be cool. Well, that is it, guys. And we hope you enjoyed the show. And we will see you hopefully next week. And remember, at the end of each and every day, it's, it's all, all fine and dandy. dandy.